Hi, and welcome to Money Stories, a podcast where we interview fellow Catholics and Christians so we can all learn from their personal money stories. I'm Caitlin Kano, a wife, mom, financial counselor, and student of all things stewardship. And I'm Diana Rojas. I'm a fourth grade math teacher. I am a young adult parish missionary, and I'm a children's book author. Hey, Caitlin. Diana, how's it going? It is going so well. We're uh, back mm-hmm. at starting school up, so all that fun teacher stuff about getting ready for school and learning how to use all the really, really, honestly, really cool features of Zoom. Um, it's a lot, but it's really cool how many things you can do virtually as far as teaching goes. So I'm excited. How's your day been? It's good so far. I just um, picked up a car from an unexpected car repair. The AC went out and we are in Las Vegas and we're in a heat wave. We haven't even had rain in like a hundred and something days. And it's a hundred and 14 or 15 and the AC went out on the car. So um, there's a plug for having an emergency fund. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Oh, my goodness, that yes. All set and ready to go. But um, yeah, so I mean, besides that, everything is, is good. We're back in school. We are, my kid's school is going back in person for the mm-hmm. time being and yours is a little bit different. So you're going back virtual we're calling it hybrid. So the hybrid. parents have the choice to send their kids to school or keep them home. So obviously if they're at school, they're learning directly from me. And if they're at home, they're also learning directly from me just via Zoom. So um, it's gonna look a little bit differently this year. And the kids are, I feel bad. They're kind of stationary, like in one classroom, they can't really move too much, which I know it's hard for the, the little ones to get the wiggles and they wanna get out of their seat and touch their friends and all that stuff. So it's gonna look different, but. I'm excited to be back in the classroom. It's been, it felt like a really long extended summer because <laughs> we've been really gone since spring break. break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm just thrilled we're getting some kind of routine back. But this week I have a guest who's near and dear to my heart and Diana's like, you know, <laughs> right this is going to be a fun episode. So, you know, Diana, I think most of our listeners know I, I'm a mom. I put that in my intro. Um, my husband and I have four kids, and my oldest is here today because he helped us out with a revamp we did of, of our Spiritual Sense Bible study for teens, where we let teens learn about money management, um, budgeting, debt, all these different things in a study that's just for teens, where they pretty much lead it on their own. We can have an adult facilitate it, but really teens are adults in training. This is, they're going to be doing this on their own and you're a teacher. So you have that really cool program that you work on in your classroom, my classroom economy. What are your thoughts on having a study available for teens? I mean, when, when you were telling me about that, I just thought it was the smartest thing ever. I think you know, we talk about it all the time. Like finance is not something that's normally taught to young, young people, young Mm -hmm. adults, young, young teenagers. So I think this is so awesome. And I think the fact that you can have an adult leading them or they can do it kind of like more self-guided with their friends. I think that's so perfect for that age group. You know, sometimes they, they don't want mom and dad, like, don't talk to us. We got this mom and dad, leave us alone. But sometimes they might need your help, which I think that's perfect for this, where they can kind of like go off and do some by themselves and then maybe have a question and come and ask mom and dad for help with some of the questions. So I'm super excited about that workbook and I'm super excited to talk to your son. I can't wait to see a, a teenage perspective on all of this. So it's going to be good. I'm excited. 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. And the reason why we're bringing Brian, he's my oldest, we're bringing him on today is because we brought him in to help us make it relevant to teenagers. I mean, I'm in my 30s. Um, John and Evelyn are a little bit older than me by a little bit. But I mean, they use different language. There was one thing that Brian caught. I think they, uh, Evelyn had written down cell phones and Brian goes, mom, it's just a phone, you know? So like little nuancing things where he caught it and we were able to make the changes. So it's relevant. They can read it. They're not going to feel like their parents are talking to them. And I know, I mean, I still yeah, kind of get yeah. annoyed when my parents jump in and try and give me advice sometimes. So I'd imagine my 13 year old is, you know, probably feeling the same way, maybe even more. So I think it's great to have a study where it facilitates the conversation, puts them in charge. And that's just what spiritual sense does. Um, it's available on the Compass Catholic website. So it's mm -hmm. great for homeschoolers. It's great for um, people who just want to have this conversation with their teenagers. It's great for youth ministry programs. Um, and it talks about it from an authentically Catholic viewpoint. So um, I think without further ado, I'll bring Brian on and Let's let you do all see. It. Um, so for the people who are listening to the podcast, we also have a YouTube channel. Check out our YouTube channel. It's Compass Catholic Ministry. So you can see us on the channel and see Brian. But we just brought him on screen. Hey, B. Hello. How's it going, bud? Good. How about you? Good. Good. So thank you for being here. Upstairs. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, we are wondering, what is the biggest thing that you think parents need to know to help teach their kids about money? Well, I would say you can't be afraid to talk about kids about money. You know, the world nowadays is teaching us that, like, our value is based on how much money we have. And as parents, your job would be to, to teach your kids otherwise that, like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It matters how you spend the money that you do have. Wow. And um, another, yeah, another thing I would say is that uh, parents, us teenagers, even when we act like we're ignoring you, we're, we're still listening. We're still watching to the things that you do. And uh, we, we pick up on that stuff, even when we pretend mm -hmm. like you're ignoring you. And um, the last thing I would say is that kids need to learn how to handle you know, either paper money or plastic, credit or debit cards. Um, we're growing up in a different world and we need to like know how to use things such as credit cards and Apple Pay and stuff that like we use in the modern world, as well as cash and coins. You know, just in those short, beautiful answers, first, you're very wise on beyond your years. That's very apparent. And also, I never even thought of that. Like Apple Pay. I, I don't use Apple Pay personally, but because I don't know how to, um, but that is your reality, right? Like as a teenager, when you're our age, that's what you get. Wow. I never thought of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So definitely those are, that's great. I think what you said also about that you guys are watching when you're not really listening per se, yeah. I think that's a, a good thing to remind parents is that what, what, what you're doing as adults, what, what we're doing as adults, um, whether you're married or not married, it's, it's affecting the young people around you and they're seeing what you're doing. And you may not say that you value money. You may not say that this is what you should do with money, but the way that we're acting teaches you a lot about how we value money. So those are, oh, yeah, that's definitely. really insightful. Thank you for those answers. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's so smart. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> for real though. Really? Oh. <laughs> and I think it's interesting that he thought of, the different forms of currency because the different yeah. forms of currency 
bring with it different behaviors that we humans exhibit. So if we are spending with a card, we tend to spend more than when we're spending with cash. Yeah, so it kind of Oh, baby. It you know, it kind of takes away the real value of the money. You're not actually seeing, you know, you see numbers and you see plastic, but you know, and while that is important and like that's what we're using nowadays, it's still important for kids to know that there is actual cash value or gold value or whatever it is you're using that goes along with that card. All right. So B, you helped us with spiritual sense and we've had this book out for a while. It needed a revamp. It needed some new language applied to things. And, and like you were just saying, B, that the um, forms of currency have even changed, you know, like yes. all of a sudden we're in this different world where it's not just cash anymore or just a debit card. You have Apple Pay and you have all these different options. So we needed to do a revamp. And when I was doing it, you were kind of reading over my shoulder a little bit and pointing out some things, um, which kind of led to you being involved. And I think mm -hmm. wondering if you could tell our audience what you did and kind of what that process was like for you to uh, help, help us with this study. So yeah, mom, I mean, you work with John and Evelyn at Compass and um, they asked me to help, you know, as soon as he put the recommendation in and what I kind of did my, you know, my whole thought plan was, I don't want this to sound like a textbook because, you know, I don't, I don't really like the textbook sound, especially if a parent's trying to get me interested. I tried to make it, you know, relevant, use words that like, you know, I know fellow teens would use and that I use. And uh, yeah, going back to the whole textbook point, you didn't want it to sound like it wasn't a person speaking to you because money is a really personal thing and you want other people to be there with you. So you want it to sound like another person is talking to you, not just a robot or just like reading out of a, just a plain old textbook. So that's kind of what I was thinking the whole time. I'm curious, what are some of the words that you maybe chose to change? Like maybe if your mom used or, or John Nellon used a word and you were like, oh, that's a right word, but I have a more uh, teenage relevant word. Are there any words that you found that were more relevant in your language and than our older person language? Yeah. Um, as far as words go, it would probably be like, you know, changing cell phone to phone, trying to shorten mm -hmm. a lot of things because um, I did see a TED talk where a person was explaining that kids nowadays were trying to cram as much information as possible into as few words as possible. So, you know, mm. I was trying to shorten words. But um, as far as some phrases go, you know, they were talking about a lot of jobs, which is good, but jobs could only apply to the 16 to 18 age bracket. And there are, you know, three more years beyond that. So I tried to incorporate a lot of like allowance talk and not just jobs. Mm. Mm. And so interesting. Um, yeah, and I tried to, a lot of what they were talking about had to do with income on a large scale. And I was trying to like, you know, figure out ways to, you know, incorporate income that is not as large so that kids can figure out how to, you know, teenagers start with something that's small. Let's say like, you know, $10, $20 a week, figure out how to save and spend that. So that when they do get a job, which, you know, which pays about, $60 a day, $70 a day here in Nevada that they know how to save and spend and stuff like that. So you're thinking more like laying the financial groundwork. Yes. Groundwork for teens because you know, a lot of what we were going off of is that this is a kid's first time with money management. We want it to be as easy of a transition as possible 
And because it's such a personal thing, it's not a, a thing most teens like to talk about. They'd rather talk about like video games and stuff like that. But it's, it's really important. How do you get those video games? It's, it's money. And money is kind of the basis for everything we do, which isn't a bad thing. You just have to know how to be, you know, careful with that money. So you were looking at it from a different perspective because we were changing words and changing format and you were thinking like, how would someone else my age need to hear this message? And you did a really good job with that. I'm wondering if you picked up on any lessons. Uh, let me see. So when I get money, I work for my grandma filing paperwork for this organization called um, PAL. And it's, it's not like, you know, real job stuff. It's just making sure that she can do her job smoothly. So just, you know, alphabetizing stuff. And I don't know when I'm going to get an opportunity to work. Um, it's usually just an afternoon or the day before she calls me and she's like, Hey, do you mind coming over and doing some paperwork and stuff like that? And so I never really know when I'm going to make money. I don't know when I'm going to spend money. I don't know like when my parents are going to let me spend that money. So it's important that, you know, I have to learn when to save, when to spend, you know, and how much to give to. I mean, the churches are very hardly hit. And so I, I have set aside some stuff, um, especially stuff that I don't spend in one day. Um, I, I set that aside, but it's important because I just don't know. Like in, in the real world, you never know when disaster is going to strike, a hurricane is going to hit your house, you have unexpected stuff. And you don't know, especially during COVID, you don't know when you're going to go back, get to go back to work. You don't know when that next paycheck is coming for most Americans. So I think that was a really, you know, a good thing that the book helped me with that would prepare teens for real life. I have a question. You're talking about, and, mm -hmm. I, and I love it. You're talking about all these awesome lessons that you learned and you're sharing your wisdom, which honestly, you have so much of it. And I know that sometimes we learn lessons a hard way, right? Sometimes yeah. it's not fun learning those lessons. Sometimes you can read from a book and learn. Sometimes you got to learn by having some personal experience. So I'm wondering, was there ever a time that your parents allowed you or led you to learn a lesson the hard way when it came to money? And like, maybe what was that lesson? What did you learn? What did that look like? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I was going to my friend's house for a sleepover. And I knew that we were going to a movie theater. And before I go to my friend's house, my parents always want me to have, you know, some cash on hand just so that I can pay for stuff that I see while I'm there. And so that I'm not like, you know, draining my friend's parents' pockets. But um, I recently got a bunch of birthday money and I had like over about $120. And I was like, mom, can I take all of it? Just in case like, you know, I see something really nice. And my mom's like, no, you can't. And so I like, I kept begging and pleading and pleading. And eventually my mom was like, you can take 50, put it in your wallet and you can go have fun. So I brought it with me in my wallet and we're walking to, you know, the big screen in the movie theater. We were going to go see the Lego Batman movie, which was a great movie. I loved it, but it was so good that I forgot, like my wallet fell out of my pocket when I was walking. And, um, you know, I was just be bopping around with my friends and, uh, I, I didn't notice. So I lost $50 because my wallet fell out of my pocket. And I'm just so grateful that my mom did not let me take that full 120 because that would have been a very bad day if that had happened. And looking Man. back, I think it's like, that is kind of like, you know, an analogy for the real world where if we put all of our eggs in one basket, you know, we put all of this money towards spending and then something happens to it. 
you can't get that back. And um, it's important that you know when to set aside some money just in case stuff like that happens. Wow, that is a, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's so yeah. tough. That's a tough lesson to learn. But like you said, gratefully, your parents only let you take some of the money, not all of the money. Yep. So B, we are going to take a few minutes and we're going to turn the tables here. So Alrighty. I'm giving you some extreme re responsibility and I'm counting on you to, uh, to be wise in your choice of uh, <laughs> questions that you're going to ask us. But I was thinking, okay. this is the point of the Bible study spiritual sense is to facilitate these money conversations between adults and, and teenagers. And I am not doing this perfectly. I have four kids. We are busy. We, um, my husband and I both work. We're, right now we're moving. Like what, what else do we have to add to our schedule? So we're not always having these good money conversations, right? We yeah. try, we don't. But I'm giving you your chance. You get to ask me and Diana questions. Whatever you want to know about personal finance, what's on your mind, you get to ask those questions now. And there is a podcast audience. So you are given a profound responsibility to not embarrass your mom and Diana. So yeah. <laughs> no pressure, no, dude. No pressure. Okay. Oh man. All right. So go I ahead, guess. Bud. Cool. So I guess first off, I want to know what inspired both of you to you know help other people with their money. Was there anything that like you know set you guys up to it, or was it just a choice that you both made? I mean, basically, your mom made me do this. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did. No, no, no. You can edit that out, Caitlin. No. <laughs> Keeping um, it in there. <laughs> I can take this one first. I actually, um, you know, my parents did a very good job, much like your parents in teaching me about money and, and how, to, how to manage money and the value of money. And so my brother and I both, I was actually at his house last night and he was pulling up a budgeting spreadsheet to help me look at my finances as well. But I just find it fascinating. I just think it's so, we can use money so many different ways and we can use it so wisely or we can use it improperly. And so the idea that I have this knowledge and as a teacher, I love to share knowledge. Um, it just makes sense that like I wanna, I wanna be able to help other people who, whether you have a lot of money or a little bit of money, you need to know how to manage that. So for me, it was just a matter of, I'm very passionate about this and I want other people to learn from the knowledge that I've gained and the mistakes that I've made as well. So praise the Lord for Compass Catholic that I took the Bible study way back when, I think maybe 2019 and then I met your mom through the podcast and so here I am, but I think it's just, for me, just my passion to share my knowledge with other people. So yeah. That's good. What about you for Caitlin? What about for you, Caitlin? Yeah. So I started in this field. I was a business major. So like money was something that I just kind of, you know, it's just part of my course of studies, not a big deal. And then Brian, when you were a baby, um, so I was, we had Brian real quick after we got married. Brian was, <laughs> He arrived within our first year of marriage. He was real quick. And um, your dad being deploying and everything else because he's military. Um, and you were also a really good napper. You were a good baby. So I remember Ooh. being really bored at some points because like you were a good baby and there wasn't much to do and your brother hadn't arrived yet. So I was bored and wanting something to do. And um, your dad recommended I volunteer at an organization that helps service members with their finances. So I did that. And I remember seeing these big, strong Marines, right? Like these big buff guys who 
are supposed to be the epitome of like strength coming in and crying about their money. And, mm. you know, they would have these huge trucks, really nice rims, and they can't buy diapers. And I remember just being so struck that like these people are going to go deploy and they're supposed to be defending our country and they have all this tremendous stress. I remember seeing how impactful it was. And, uh, you know, your dad and I didn't really, we've had our financial discussions. It's not really a huge stress point for me, but I saw what a trigger it was for other people. And that just motivated me to jump into this field. That being said, I do not get things perfectly. Um, and I do find that as someone who, it's interesting that I mess up still, but I think that's where, you know, this podcast comes in and everything is we need to relate to each other's humanity um, in our finances and no one's doing it perfectly right. So let's just walk with each other on this journey. But that's pretty much how I got, it, got involved. Your dad was like, go do something, get out of the house, you're bored. And then the organization paid for childcare. So you had oh. childcare and I didn't have to pay for it while I volunteered. Win-win. Win-win. Yep. Cool. I guess uh, something I was thinking about when you were talking about that, uh, Miss Diane, you were talking about sharing your knowledge and you asked me the question earlier, but was there like ever a time that you guys ever needed help with money? Were there any like things that you know you did wrong looking back in the past that you learned from? And if so, like how did you really ask for help? And was it like a challenge, you know, telling people that you needed help with your money? So definitely, I like like your mom said, I'm not perfect by any means, and I've made many mistakes. Um, was there a time when you needed help? I needed help a lot of times. Um, I remember when I was trying to buy, I, I own the house that I live in, and when I was trying to buy it, it it's hard in Miami. Uh, real estate prices are really high, and I'm a teacher, so I don't really make all that much money. And I remember just not understanding how all of that, amortization schedules and mortgages and all those big fancy words. I, don't, I didn't know how that worked. And for me, as much as I love to give knowledge, I have no problem asking anyone, Hey, I don't get it. Can you explain this to me? So I just sought advice from people that I trusted mostly like my, my parents, but also a lot of my family's involved in real estate. So I asked them for help. Um, I also remember just simply setting up my online bank account when that was like a new thing. I got it wrong. I must've I think it was four months in a row that I had $20 late charges because I wasn't setting up my accounts properly to like send the money on time. And, and again, I just asked mom, what's going on? Like, why do I have these $20 fees? Like what's going on? So I make a lot of mistakes and I have no problem asking. Um, even just last night, my brother, he's a, a whiz with, with Excel and, um, he was just able to like show me my budget and where my money's going, which makes sense to me to see where it's going. So and that was just a conversation we had on Sunday. And I was just talking to him about, you know, my mortgage payments, which is his mortgage payments. And he was like, Hey, I have this Excel sheet. If you want, I can help you. I was like, sure. So for me, it's very easy to ask for help. Thank the Lord. I have the willingness to ask for help and also people that I can ask. So, yeah. Yeah. Mom, what about you? So that is actually a really good question because it's important that we seek godly counsel, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, when we are looking for help and we need information, we want to seek it from people that we know are not going to lead us astray or going to, you know, steer us down the wrong path. So with that, um, I remember when we were 
your dad and I were looking to buy our first house, we sought the help of and just the information and guidance of, of uh, your two grandmas and your grandpa. Um, but we've also had to learn the hard way a few times that some places don't have your best interest in heart. Mm. We had um, banks give us bad information one time during the recession. Um, we were incredibly upside down on a house that we owned. Um, and we were not given the right information. So we had to learn about seeking godly counsel and we had to learn the hard way. Um, so I think that's important and a takeaway for, for teenagers is yes. be oh, careful yeah. to seek counsel with people who have your best interests at heart and are good godly people. And the problem with teens is we always think we have our best interests at heart and that's not true. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, we like to trust ourselves the most. We're, mm-hmm. we're number one in our minds when it comes to advice. We know best, but that's mm. not true. Trust me. <laughs> you guys well, Caitlin, were teens at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned about seeking godly counsel because I think that's a really good point, actually, because I, as much as I, I agree, and I remember I learned that in the Bible study. I remember there was a whole section on that, and I loved that because it really made me think about who do I ask, who do I go to for advice? And I think it's important because I think it's important to have a group of people, right? Because I may go to one person for spiritual advice and they may be really great at that and they can give me counsel on that, but they may not be the wisest person to seek financial advice from. So I think it's important to have like a little counsel that we can seek counsel from, right? A little group of, of trusted people. Um, and I think for teenagers, right, Brian, like you have your parents, but it's hard to ask for parents. So finding yeah. another adult outside of your parents that you can trust that you can talk to, um, to seek that counsel. Because I, as the older I get, just, I, that's so important to have people that you can trust. Cause like your mom said, there's some people that just want your money or just want something else out of you. So that was, I like that a lot, Caitlin. That was a good, a good answer. I like that. Yeah. Good job, mom. Thanks. I was in the study. <laughs> it yes. was in the study. That's right. <laughs> All right. The next question. Okay. Um, this is a question that's always troubled me for some time because every little kid's dream, not just a teenager is to one day, you know, be rich. And we like that feeling of having money and stuff. And, you know, even at our Catholic school, all the middle schoolers play the stock market game and it's a game to see who can make the most money. And when I first heard of this, I was like, hold on, isn't it, you know, bad to be rich? Isn't that what Jesus is telling us? Like, you know, drop your things and follow me. Uh, It's it's always kind of been that way. So I guess my question is, is it bad to be rich or is it like, okay, if you're giving generously, what's your intake on that? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's come up in the Bible a few times, right? Like, you know, Jesus told the rich young man, you have to sell all your possessions and follow me. I think the answer is disattachment. They can't be attached to their wealth. So when they talk about, you know, it's easier for um, a camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to enter heaven, rich man is being defined by being rich, right? So we can't be defined by our worldly wealth. We need to be defined as being children of God first. And maybe we're children of God who need to steward more than others, in which case, yes, we're called to be generous. But I think the answer is disattachment. And are you familiar with the term disattachment, B? Yeah, I think it means like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you're not like obsessed with your money. You have more important things. Money is just a tool, or I guess 
should it be a tool? Like it shouldn't be your only thing. You know, you use tools to build the house that you can have shelter in, but you don't, you know, you don't really take comfort in all the tools. Sure. It's better to have nicer tools. So that way, you know, sometimes you can make nicer things, but you know, I, like I that. guess that's, that's kind of my train of thought on that. No, I, and I love that, that analogy, actually, Brian, I think you're, you're really hitting the nail on the head with that. Like your mom said, it's about, um, in my opinion, I don't think it's bad to be rich. I think if our focus is, I want to get rich and that's my only focus, like right. The attachment to the money, that's where it gets dangerous. And I think also if you're rich and you have all this money and you're just sitting on it doing nothing, like, I don't think that's good. Also, I think like, you know, you gotta use it to help other people if we have a lot, a lot is asked of us. And if you have a lot of time, then maybe you're able to give generously your time. And if you have a lot of, of money, then maybe you're, you're asked to give generously of your money. So I don't think being rich in and of itself, being wealthy is not a bad thing. I think like you both spoke on, it's how we use that. And also how much we are hardly attached to that. If, if my sole purpose in life is just, I want to get rich and have all the money, well, are you seeking after God? Are you seeking friends? Are you seeking relationship? Or are you just seeking this, this thing that you made an idol out of, out of money? So it's not bad to be rich. It's just a matter of using that wisely, right? So that's a great question though. Okay. So, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about because it's just something that you observe in the day-to-day world. And it seems like nowadays, a lot of adults are financially stressed. And when was the first time you remembered being like really stressed about money? Hmm. Man, it's a good question. Do you have an answer, Caitlin? I got to think for a second. Yeah, I was in another webinar today and they were talking about as humans, us being stressed about money and talking about it from a faith perspective. And I cannot remember the gentleman's name to give him proper credit. But he was talking about how children can be very generous with their allowance and throw their entire allowance, you know, in the basket at church because they know their parents are going to take care of them, right? They just know whether their next meal is coming from their parents, their roof over their head is provided. And he was saying that as children of God, we need to have that kind of faith in God to provide that he's our father, right? So like, when we're thinking about all our obligations and everything else that we need to have a child's perspective, which is probably, you know, let the little, little children come to me, right? Like if we act as children um, and have that kind of trust that things will be provided, um, that so much of our stress will be relieved. So I appreciate you asking that B because that's a really good question. And I thought about that, that gentleman when you were asking it. Um, but yeah, but that being said, I get financially stressed all the time. We have, kids. We have obligations. I tend to be a control person, right? That's why I'm drawn to this field. So um, the first time I remember being financially stressed though was probably um, in college when I had my first bank account and I was not managing it well Mm. and realizing I was getting close to overdraft. And um, I, I don't remember how I fixed that problem, but I remember being really stressed about it. And thinking like, ooh, shoot, I'm 18. And the things I do now will have long-term consequences because I'm an adult. And that was kind of a scary thing. Just knowing that if I messed up, it could stick. Like, you know, I I would be obligated to the money. It wasn't just my parents that I owed anymore. It was like Mm -hmm. a bank. 
So I remember being scared about that and that causing stress. Um, so I don't do it perfectly. I'm not always as faithful as I should be to the Lord that he's going to provide. But I think that's hearing the gentleman talk about that today in that webinar. I think that's going to stick with me. I love what that gentleman said, Caitlin. That's so true in so many ways. Uh, I wish I could live, right? We're called to live childlike, not childish, childlike, but right. that's so awesome. And that's a really good question, Brian. And I'm, and I'm thinking of so many instances where I have been stressed, including right now about money. But um, I think the first time I can remember being stressed about money was also in college. It must have been about my junior year of college. And I decided I'm going to change my major and I'm going to be a teacher. And I remember my first thought was, okay, you're going to be broke forever. Because in my mind, teachers are broke forever. It's just they don't make a lot of money. And I remember that same day it must have been that I started immediately planning for future Diana. And I started, I, I, I think I've told this to your mom a couple of times, I made it a game. And so I use a lot of cash back then. I didn't use a lot of, I didn't use a lot of credit cards. And so I would save every $5 bill that I came across. Um, so I made it into a little bit of a game and it was really cool to see that money grow. But I remember it started because I was stressed about knowing that when college was over and my scholarship ended, and I was going to become a teacher, I wouldn't have as much, as much money as I thought I was going to need. So around college age is when I started really getting worried and stressed about money. So do you have any more questions for us? I do. Uh, just one more. Um, and this is because uh, going back to my point of teenagers, we think that we're so wise and we're like the only ones we can trust. If we wanted to branch out and ask you guys something, uh, speaking for most teenagers, it would probably be like this. How much should we, you know, save, spend, and give? Is there a magic number? Is there like a formula or a ratio or anything like that that can help us determine where our money should be going? So to that, I would say um, it's not so much a ratio. I know we always hear about tithing, right? Like, you know, we should be tithing and give the first 10%. Um, I mean, that's a good goal. That's a really good goal. But as Catholics, we're called to be generous in all things, right? So it's not like if you just give 10% mm. to, um, you know, whatever charitable cause or your church that you can spend the other 90% however way you want. We are called as Catholics to give to our ability so whatever that means, you know, to your personal financial situation, there's no magic percentage. It doesn't work like that. I wish I could say there's a magic percentage because that would take all the thinking out of it. We're called to give to our ability, right? And then yeah. um, I think God also cares about the way you save and spend the other amount that you're not giving. So I would say it's not so much a matter of having certain percentages that you're trying to hit or like a certain amount you're trying to be generous with and a certain amount you want to save, I would say it's a matter of prioritizing. Mm. Um, so oh. like you were saying, B, when you work for grandma, you don't know when she's going to need you and you don't know how many hours she's going to need you for. So it's yes. hard to plan and set those kind of goals. So I would say at this age, think about prioritizing give first because it's not really a matter of how much of God's money am I going to donate? It's how much of God's money am I going to keep? Right? So give first. And after that, save something, um, maybe have a certain amount that you, a certain percentage out of every paycheck you get that you want to save. 
uh, or have a savings goal. You know, maybe you want to save $500 for a new computer or something. Um, set aside for that goal. And then after that, the difference is what you can spend. But you always want to be very careful that you're not spending more than you make because that difference will be debt. And fortunately, we don't give you a credit card at this age, but I think it's important to yeah. get in the habit of prioritizing. So I think the prioritizing is give first or just, you know, decide how much of God's money am I going to keep? The rest of it goes back to whatever charitable cause speaks to your heart, whatever you're passionate about, um, the church or, you know, some cause somewhere that, that you are passionate about and then save some for a goal and then you can spend the difference. Do you have any thoughts on that, Diana? Anything you want to add? I mean, at first, I love the question. I love that he even mentioned um, giving some of that money. I think a lot of teenagers kind of don't, and it's not their fault. They just don't think about, oh, what can I save? What can I spend? Not so much what can yeah. I save, spend, and give, right? So I think that's a great, great um, outlook you have on that. And I, I think I really agree with what you were saying, Caitlin. I was going to say the same thing as, like, I think after you give, right, which again, like your mom said, it's, especially at your age, when you don't, you don't know how much money you're going to get each time you get paid. You don't, you don't have like a set income per se or a set allowance. So it's hard to say, I'm going to give this much money each time because you don't know how much you're going to get. I think as long as you're making that your priority, okay, I'm going to, when I receive a paycheck or an allowance, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give. And maybe that month you can only give $5, but the next month you get a bigger allowance, you can give more money. I think as long as like God sees you putting that first back to him. So I think that's super important. And I'm all about setting goals. Like if you know you want to buy a certain something or get your mom a really nice birthday gift for her, like you can, right? <laughs> you know how much is going to cost. <laughs> you know what that's going to cost. You can like set aside some money for that. Um, or also like you were saying, if you know you're going to movies with your friends and that's right now and you know, okay, I want to be able to get a movie ticket and a popcorn, then you know, okay, this month I'm not going to save that much because I'm going to use it right now to go to the movie. So I think it's just like your mom said, prioritizing and setting goals. And I think that'll help any teenager, any adult really be wiser about the way that they're giving, saving and spending. But those are really awesome questions. Way to go, Brian. Thank you. Good job. Yeah. I guess that's all I have. So B, you had some really good questions. I'm impressed. Yeah. Proud of you, bud. Um, do you feel comfortable leading us out in prayer? All right. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, dear God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for, you know, the technology available so that we can, you know, interact with each other, talk about money, that kind of stuff. And I hope you help people realize that money is not the root of all evil. We just how to we just need to know, you know, how to use it effectively. And that is a really important thing in our lives that most people overlook, especially, you know, kids that are my age were maturing. And so we just want to thank you that you give us the opportunity to learn about these things that are very, very important. Maybe not so much now, but as we get on later in life that we can turn closer to you and we know how to manage our money better. In the name of the Father. Amen. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good job, B. So once again, Spiritual Sense is going to be on our website. Look it up. We have um, some copies for sure that we would like to send your way. Great for homeschoolers, great for um, the domestic church as we all, you know, are home with our teenagers for lots and lots of hours. Um, and also great for youth groups and anywhere that where there's a group of teenagers who want to have some fellowship over 
their money and learn how to be good stewards. That's really the goal of all that we're doing is learning how to care for every dollar, understanding it belongs to the Lord and that we're just called to manage it and take care of it while we're here. So thanks, B. Yeah. And um, yeah. Thanks for having me on guys. A lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining us. You're totally awesome. I can't wait to uh, continue conversing with you. So great job, Brian. You're the best. Yeah. Thank you. For more information about Compass Catholic Ministries, including the various Bible studies and services that we offer, please visit compasscatholic.org. If you enjoy Money Stories, please share it with a friend. You may also like Compass Catholic's other podcast, Manage Your Money God's Way, available wherever you get your podcast. If you have any comments about today's show or suggestions for future shows, please email us at info at compasscatholic.org. Thanks for listening and God bless.